Hello, peoples. I'm back, as I told you I would be. But I obviously, I'm sure y'all were confused because, you know, it's been a hot minute. But guess what? I'm back, and I'm better than ever. And I have my sister, Lindsay, with me today. So this is exciting. Hello, everybody. happy happy times i made that up that's i hope we don't sound like you know how people used to tell us we'd sound alike on the phone i didn't even i hope we don't sound like identical voices honestly though it's funny you say that lens because every podcast that i listen to that happens to me although like like morbid i love morbid i watch I, i listen i watch i listen all the time sometimes their voices i cannot tell them apart i'm not well, i think lie. they're related too right they are they're i think she's i think lena's her aunt right yeah that does sound right yeah aunt. honestly well, we, right might, now, we might though, sound identical we might well today i sound super congested so that can differentiate for this episode yeah there you go it's like in in, in friends you know phoebe when she wants to like perform because she has her like rugged voice. Oh, yeah <laughs> I just give um, myself a cold each week. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Every time we have to make sure you're sick. <laughs> Honestly, it doesn't even matter who's talking, like who think who thinks who is talking, because as long as they is you know, y'all can hear what's happening and understand the story. So Right. Yeah. Also guys, let us know. I'm actually really curious if we do sound really similar. I had um somebody else at the hospital the other day ask me that she was like, you look really familiar. And I didn't bring it up or anything. I was just like, oh, I don't know. I think I just have one of those faces. Um, one of those I think, I think I've heard a lot recently, like we look alike even more than I used to get. So. Linz, you have, for me, you have to say something like out of pocket. Like next time be like, really? I just, I really get told a lot that I look like Michael Myers. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like just like super out of pocket. Yeah. People ask me all the time if I'm related to Danny DeVito. (laughs) And everyone's like, oh, I don't think that's it. I don't think that's what I meant. You're like, no, no, it's okay. I'm not offended. (laughs) I would die laughing. But yeah. Well, guys, I have um, an interesting one for you guys today. I don't know how long it'll be, but I've learned my lesson on attempting to guess how long it is because I either talk really fast or I get sidetracked whatever or both or both (laughs) I actually I think I I almost sent you a TikTok today that was like the sibling that's always screaming and singing and it was um (laughs) that one guy um shoot what's his name like Tosher or something yeah oh oh wait the the one that we've sent each other like the the sketch so much yeah but not the one with the long hair it's like the other guy that does like I'll send it to you later. I'll find it again. Okay, yeah, I, I don't know, but I, I gotta see it. I saw the one that you sent me, the sister one, with Madison, like, the Madison Humphrey one. Oh, yeah. I love their, she's, she's all, like, all of her skits are so funny. Did and you see the, um, the one with the comedian talking about his wife and her sister? No. I think I, I don't know if I sent you that one. Maybe I accidentally sent it to Mike, because I was sending you both things, but it was, like, I do not understand, like, women, and especially sisters, when they argue, like, 
one sister will be like, hey, you borrowed my sweater and you didn't return it. And the other one will come back with like, yeah, well, you're a whore. And then they'll slam <laughs> the door. And, <laughs> and he's like, well, they're never going to talk again. And then the oh next day, they're like at Starbucks or something. Oh, my God. Wait, why is that so funny? Yeah, he was like, it escalates so fast. And then they both forget about it immediately. Oh, my God. That's really funny. I know. It reminded me of us. I swear I sent it to you. I'll go find it again. No, okay. If you send me videos through, like, the app itself, I, like, never. If you text them to me, I'll, I'll listen to them. But I've realized that, like, I get, I feel like so many people send me ones through TikTok. And I'm like, guys, I don't, I don't see these. that. Just text it. Just text yeah. it to me. Well, I don't even go on TikTok. I always see my TikToks on um, Reels. Yeah. So a lot of times it's through Instagram. But I'm sure you get a lot of messages on Instagram. So I won't hold it against you. I feel like no, I, I've looked. I've looked at. I can see yours on Instagram because on Instagram you actually have like it'll say like a number, about you know what I mean like you have it's like messages. It'll be like one DM. So I can right. see. I, I watch the ones you send me on Instagram. It's more like TikTok. I don't like you don't have like a number of like unread messages. Speaking of, do you also have like at least fifty like unread messages at all times like on your phone? <laughs> On my phone, on my actual text messages, yeah. yeah. My text <laughs> messages. Yes. The other day. You know, I, sometimes I think back and I'm like, this is like super random, I know, but I think back and I'm like, I wonder when that started. Because obviously at first, you know, when you first buy a phone, I'm sure you're like, okay, yeah, I'll just read them all. And then like, I, I wonder at what point you're like, no. Yeah. You know I'm going to let it rack up. I was thinking about that because when I was in high school, like I remember being really... Like, I was, I was I like, I want to say like OCD, but kind of like anal about my phone. Like, I why was I going to go to CSI? I was going to say I was like so CSI about it, but I meant to say OCD. CSI, mm, nope. <laughs> <laughs> Just really in the crime oh. mindset right now. No, no, yeah, no. I don't. I, I was the same way though. I was OCD about it, and I'd be like, oh my gosh, I have two hundred messages. I gotta go. I gotta go look at them. But also think- now, go ahead. No, I was just saying, like, at some point, I just, I don't know when it was. Like, at some point, I completely lost that ability to, like, care about that. And now <laughs> my phone is just, like, one. At some point, I was like, eh, Margaret, I don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> There's also no Margaret in our lives, guys, by the way. And any, any, Margaret. <laughs> every Margaret out there, before we start getting, like, I'm a Margaret. <laughs> <laughs> I, we love all of you Margarets, I'm sure. Unless one of you is a serial killer, then we can't, unfortunately. Actually, I have a friend, Margaret, but she goes by Maggie. Oh, I like Maggie. That's cute. Yeah. I feel like Mag would be cute, too. Do you also, like, naturally shorten names when you, when you really shouldn't because you just met someone and it's like... Yes. I just I did that to one of the techs at work. I Her name's Elizabeth, and I called her Liz, and then I immediately was like, wait, do you go by Liz? And she was like, yeah, it's fine. But I did that at... um. When I was working at Mango's, there was this hostess there, and I called her Liz for easily, like, two years. And then I realized she doesn't go by Liz, and she doesn't like that. Yeah. I've – so I do the same thing, and I, I think it's just, like, a natural thing when you're, like, you know, feeling comfortable, and you're just like, what's up, Liz? But I that happened when I, like – this was one of the first few times I met Jack's family, and I met his brother. His name is Christian. And we were just all ta- – I think we were all playing – I think it was putt-putt golfing. Like, we were all there. And he hit one and I was like, nice, Chris. And every single person in Jack's family like <laughs> and stared at me. And Jack was like, oh, don't do that. He really hates that. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know what's funny too is like knowing Christian now, like I could totally not see him as Chris. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't fit. It really doesn't. 
but I'll never forget like everyone's being like no 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 no, no. I'm picturing that like like everybody stops moving and like turns to you like no neck movement (laughs) that's literally what I was like and then of course like Kristen he like he's he was just like uh yeah I don't really like it it's no big deal but I was like I feel like it is a big deal and I feel like I feel like y'all were like Ooh, like, do it again and you're out <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're out somebody like takes notes they like whip out a notepad and they like write it down strike one and you're like yeah. oh my god <laughs> no but the worst thing you can do is just is just like shorten it to like the, the first letter have you ever done that no like, like, what's have up, you a? done that to somebody you don't know <laughs> <laughs> what's up jay what's up a what's it's like no didn't, um, I think you did that to Elish in high school at one point. I did. And she did not like that, but she did let you do it. She was like, <laughs> I love when you're like, she did allow it for you, but she, she did because she like loved that. you. So, like, that was fine. But to be fair, Elish, yeah. like, A, you know, at, at least it wasn't like Ashley. And I was like, right. Okay. It's more like the syllable than the letter. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Like, maybe we're maybe like A Y, you know, A. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's, that's not better. It's really not. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Um, You know what's funny, though? On the flip side of that, I love when people shorten my name, like, um, to, to, like, Linz. Like, if you call me that. Linz is cute. Right. And most people do, like, you know, growing up, obviously, like, mom and dad and you and most of my close friends always call me that. And now if it's somebody I don't know that well and they call me that, I find it very heartwarming. I'm like, oh, they, like, want to be my friend, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, like, I, see, for me, I always think, like, I wonder if this happened to me, how would I feel about it? Like, when I think about stuff like that, like, when I shorten someone's name, and I'm like, would they care? You know what I mean? But, like, I, I enjoy people shortening my name, too, but I, I hate Meg. I don't know why, but. Really? I feel like I call you that. You call me Megs. I feel like your name, I think I do sometimes. I used to always call you Megs, but I think. Since um, when I was in college, there was like five Megans in my sorority and they all went by Meg, like, like just Meg. And so I feel like I switched. Yeah, I'm looking at your contact info on my phone right now and it's totally Meg. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> with, with you, that's fine. Whatever. You're my sister for one thing. So like you could call, we call, we, we call each other ugly, dude. I, know, like, I, was gonna say, I don't even think I really use your name that much. But when I do, it's definitely occasionally Meg. <laughs> yeah, well, that's fine. It's different. It's, I'm talking like when you first meet someone because Meg's is like cute. And it's like, hi, girl, what's up, Meg's? Yeah. Or Meg is more like... I'm establishing dominance. I have no idea where you're getting at. <laughs> and it's like, what's up, Meg? I don't think anybody means it that way. But I mean, <laughs> you're allowed to not like it. When I think Meg, I think of like the Meg, like the shark. Oh, yeah. I do like that. I like the Meg. I think that's cool. It's like, what's up, the Meg? Although that would well be weird. Right. If, if you're like the... a rapper, I think. <laughs> We could consider that. No, if I was a rapper, I'd be like Mega Millions or something. I wonder if anybody's done that yet. I gotta look it up on like Apple Music. Yes, I'm an Apple Music person. Every single person out there is like, "Can I use Spotify?" And I'm like, "No, I don't." Okay. I um wasn't gonna attack you, but I'm a Spotify gal. So which is funny because I use Spot like this. We record this through basically Spotify. So like, I guess I'm. I guess I'm going both ways here. I guess I'm Apple Music and Spotify person. I guess you're two-timing right now. I am two-timing. <laughs> I tried Apple Music because um, at one point, I I don't remember why. My Spotify account, I, like, was having technical difficulties. 
And so I was like, you know what? Let me do my three month Apple Music trial. So I did, I did try it and I just didn't like it. Like I was so used to Spotify that it took me forever to like figure out where everything was and you know, whatever. Yeah, a lot of people have said that Apple Music wasn't, like, user-friendly, but I was like, okay, you're dumb, because it's just because you've been using a different platform. I think it's, yeah, just, like, whatever you started with. Like, yeah. I started using my Spotify in, like, high school, so, like... Because I remember, it was somebody, it might have been Mike, actually. It was Mike! Mike, we, we were in the car, he got us from Dallas, and he was, like, he was trying to find, like, a, he was, I think he was trying to put a song in, in the queue, and he was like, oh, this is so stupid. I can't figure it out. And I was like, literally just press add to queue. Like, I, <laughs> I don't know what else. To say. I don't know what to tell you. Spotify, you like, don't you like swipe on it or something? Um, yeah. Yeah. But Apple Music is just like add to queue. So I was like, I just, I don't know what's confusing my guy. But that's fine. <laughs> I think Mike uses Apple Music. So that makes sense. Well, then maybe it wasn't Mike. We're a split. We're a Oh, maybe split. it wasn't. Maybe it, maybe, maybe it totally wasn't Mike. And I'm just sitting here blaming his ass for this. And it's okay. <laughs> I, I'll tell him. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, I feel like it was. Maybe it was, maybe it was me. I mean, if you were here, maybe it was, what does Jack use? Jack uses Spotify. It might've been, it might've been Jack. And then Mike was, Mike was like, it's easy. Yeah. You know what? That might've been it. Maybe like, this argument happened, but I just care. <laughs> this happened somewhere. I don't know <laughs> where. All right, guys. Well, this is about about 15 minutes into just intro. So this is going to yeah. be. Sorry, Megan and I haven't called hey, no, it's... up today. So <laughs> honestly, though, that's good because people like everyone listening right now, y'all are getting to know Lindsay and our banter and our sister listness, our sisterness. So. Sister listlessness. Sister listlessness. <laughs> um, anyway, though, I guess we should get. I guess we should get started. This will not be this. Oh, by the way, we just broke podcast record for that's so criminal, which is the longest intro. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oopsies. Oopsie Daisy. Sorry, not sorry. Um, <laughs> dude, whenever somebody says oopsie Daisy, do you know what I think of? And it will never know. It will never go away. No. Um. Clouded with a chance of meatballs, the baby, the sardine baby guy, mm-hmm. where he just these oopsie because he like drops the sardines or something, and it's like this. Do you know what I'm talking about right now? I'm gonna be honest with you, I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay, but do you, I, do you I have a computer near you? Because you need to look it up. <laughs> um. Yeah, actually, I do. Go look it up. Cloudy with a chance of meatballs. Sorry, baby. Watch like watch it not come up. Like oh my god, I know. Yeah, ew, that's I. I I know, I know. I did forget about that. He's like a grown man. Yeah, he's like a grown man, and he dresses up like a baby. He's like oopsie. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, that does come to my brain every time, and it sucks. Anyway, yeah. Okay, y'all. So. We're going to get in to the origin of the Amber Alert. Dun, dun, dun. To start off, we're going to do a little quick, like, super simple rundown of just kind of what an Amber Alert is really quick. Because some of you honestly might not know, because like Lindsay said before, kind of depending on where you are, it depends on if you really get them a lot and... So you might be like, I don't think I've ever gotten one. You know? True. So an Amber Alert 
or um, also known as a Child Abduction Emergency Alert, CAE for short, is a message distributed by a child abduction alert system to ask the public for help in finding abducted children. So exactly what I said. Like you get an alert. It's either on your phone. There's other ways too, which we'll talk about later, that says child's missing. This is information about it. Help us find them if, if you can. The system originated in the United States, and AMBER is an acronym for standing, or sorry, for <laughs> standing is not in there. Right. <laughs> AMBER is an acronym for America's Missing Broadcast Emergency Response. Now, I know that I said AMBER is an acronym, but AMBER itself was, the name was created after a young girl named amber okay and, you know what's funny is as soon as you said it was an acronym i was like oh my god like i always assumed it was named after like, a person okay so it's both so it is they they named it amber and then they created like the acronym, acronym around it with it yeah they were like okay like, well how can we make amber into like type you know an actual an acronym. right yeah so means- it was created in reference to amber renee hagerman who was a young girl who was abducted and later found murdered in 1996. Hmm. And I said young, she was, she was nine. So she was very young. Oh, I know. And um, so we're going to, we're going to go into like her story in, in a couple minutes, but first I'm just going to just say a little bit more about the Amber Alert itself. We're also going to go, going to go more into that, but for now. So each state, as each state slowly um, created its own, like, became part of the Amber Alert thing, because Amber Alert originated in a specific state, and it wasn't, like, an authenticated, is that, is that the right word? Like, it wasn't, like, official for a little while. Like, obviously, the idea slowly took form, but hmm. it finally did become, like, a nationwide thing. At first, some of the states had alternate regional names for like referencing children from their state that went missing. So in Georgia, it used to be called Levi's Call in memory of Levi Frady. In Hawaii, it was Malay Amber Alert or Mali Amber Alert in reference to Malay or Mali Gilbert. In Arkansas, it was Morgan Nick Amber Alert in memory of Morgan Nick. In Utah, it was Rachel Alert in memory of Rachel Runyon. And in Monkey's Law, it was originally Idaho. Wait, it was originally... (laughs) I was so confused for a split second. I was like, did I just have a stroke and not hear what she said? No, I had a stroke. (laughs) In Idaho, it was originally Monkey's Law in memory of Michael Joseph Vaughn. Oh. Now, I don't know if you guys thought I was going to do 50 of those, but those are the only ones. That... I was wondering if you were going to do all 50, and I was prepared to listen. So. <laughs> those were the only ones that originally had, um, that I could find, that I could find, that originally had um, different alternate names. But just so you guys aren't confused, <clears throat> those were all, like, Amber Alerts. The Amber Alert originated in 1996 and there wasn't like it wasn't like in georgia they had levi's call and then the amber alert was made it was like the amber alert was crazy like the same technology just like different name yeah they just were like we're gonna call levi's call because it's memory of levi frady and now it's called amber alert um everywhere but kind of like in the beginning so now we are going to talk about miss amber renee hagerman So Amber 
was born on November 25th, 1986. And as I said before, she was nine years old when she was tragically murdered. So very, very young, way too young to be taken off this earth the way she did. Let's tell her story. So on January 13th, 1996, so about nine years later, well, Mm -hmm. 10, you know. So not long, it was not long after Christmas, and she and her five-year-old brother, Ricky Hagerman, uh, went for a bike ride. And that wasn't unusual. They did this a lot. And she had just gotten a new bike for Christmas. It was this little pink and white bike. And they would ride up and down the neighborhood together because it was kind of like, you know, just a nice little neighborhood and whatever. And and, kind of like me and you used to ride our little Razor scooters up and down the neighborhood all the time. Yeah, I was actually just picturing that. I was like, like, we would just be like, we're going to go. We had, mine was red. Yours was blue, I think. It was, yeah. The handles were blue. Yeah. Yeah, well, the scooter wasn't fully red. You just had the handles were a color. And we thought we were so cool on our scooters. We were so cool. On our, I think the wheels were that color, too. I could do a bunny hop. I could do a bunny hop, too. <laughs> We'd be like, Mom! Mom, look! <laughs> yeah, so... You guys are welcome for that mental image. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so her and Ricky went for a bike ride. And unfortunately, this would be a bike ride that she would not return home from. Now, Amber and her brother Ricky left their grandmother's house in Arlington, Texas. This all happened in Texas, and the Amber Alert originated in Texas. So, hmm. they left their Maybe That's interesting. Maybe that's why we get I was, of them. I was thinking that. I was thinking that. Um, and we'll go into a little more later, but I, that's exactly what I thought of when you asked that question. Hmm. So they left their grandmother's house in Arlington, Texas around 3, 10 PM. And it's, it's important this time that she left. Cause we get into that a lot later. Okay. So she left around 3, 10 PM. Her grandma, I attempted to find her grandma's name y'all. I couldn't. So she will be known as grandma for now. So her grandma told them to stay close, um, and but from what I read, Amber and Ricky, they never went far. It actually said that they never went more than two tenths of a mile from her home. So very specific. But yeah, well, they never just been... like them riding up and down her street. Like that's what you know we would do. I feel like that's what most kids do. Like yeah, you're not venturing out too far. Just probably back and forth on her, like the residential street is what I'm picturing. Exactly, and that's that's what it was. And um, they also, like, they rode their bikes a decent bit. So it wasn't just like, oh my gosh, guys, please, you, you, you never do this, you know what I mean? Right. So just, you know, she just yelled at the door, like, don't go far, and they never did. So Amber was pedaling um, down the street, and so she pedaled into the parking lot of a Winn-Dixie grocery store. So I just want to make give you guys a mental image here. So the parking lot was connected to the neighborhood roads. So like, like the neighborhood was directly behind it. So you could kind of like, you know, pedal up and then it connects into the, into the parking lot. So they didn't cross any busy streets or anything like that. You have to go through like a dark alley to get there. Like it was right. It was just, it was like right there, like right up the road. Like uh, uh, they honestly, like they could have walked there type thing. Okay. So she pedals into there and Ricky turns around and he starts pedaling back and it was just kind of like a miscommunication thing like she she saw so from what i read amber saw like a cool ramp in the parking lot and she was like i want to go ride my bike on that you know yeah fair enough into the into the parking lot 
And then Ricky just kind of turns around and goes home. And I don't think it was like a dramatic thing. I think they just, he, you know, he probably was just like, cool, I'm just going to go back. And he's five. So he's this, he's, he's a baby, you know, he's right. just like, yeah, I'm doing my thing. She's doing her thing. These, these are both children. You know what I mean? Right. So he's not, like, I'm not going that far. Like I'm going back to grandma. Exactly. So he pedals back and he unfortunately doesn't see what happens to his sister. But a man named Jimmy Kevill does see what happens. Jimmy Kevill was a 78-year-old retired Navy veteran, and he watched from his yard because he had a little view through, like, through his fence. He wasn't being creepy, by the way. He was just, like, people watching and, like, Yeah, like, sitting on the porch. Yeah, like, and then he saw Amber roll into the parking lot. And he watched as Amber rode her bicycle around the parking lot and a solid black pickup truck in good condition pulled up alongside her, a dark haired man in his 20s or 30s who looked Hispanic or white. He was under six foot tall with a medium build. He, quote, pulled up, jumped out and grabbed her. When she screamed, I figured the police ought to know about it. So I called them, unquote. That was from Jimmy Kibble, Jimmy, Jimmy Kevill. Specifically. Yeah, well, I mean, good for him. Yeah, I was literally, literally my next line in my notes is like, thank goodness he called right away. Yeah, I mean, that's like, if you're going to get kidnapped, that's the best case scenario is like somebody watches it happen. They know exactly the, the description of the person and they know exactly when it happened and they called the police right away. Yeah. Um, also, think about kind of like exactly what you said. I want everyone listening to be like, think about all of that information that he just saw and had. And he also, next, he says, so he calls right away. Thank goodness for that, because a lot of people wouldn't register what they're seeing, and they might not know to call or think to call. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like that bystander effect of like, exactly. oh, well, I thought that was kind of weird, but like, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, like I did and... see her screaming, but maybe it's just, I'm not blaming anyone. I'm just saying, you know, what happens. Right. But he, he also says that he saw Amber try to like kick the man, and like, you know, she was screaming and kicking us as he put her in the car. So... That is so bold to abduct a child, like, broad daylight. Literally, um, and I believe the man was in the parking. Like, he, like this pickup truck was kind of already in, like, around the area. Like, they were, he, they were in the parking lot, but when she came in, they pulled up alongside her. So it wasn't like it was, like, off the street, like, and, like, they, you know, grabbed her and, like, skirted off. It was like they were kind of waiting. So That is so weird. Did she do this a lot? Like, was it like they expected her to be there? So, from what I obviously like, there's really no answer to that because right, it's yeah. But I think I think she was slightly targeted in that way because yeah. it it seems like it, especially kind of like it's like they waited for Ricky to get out of sight type thing. Right. So, yeah. He also Jimmy Kevill going back to Jimmy Kevill. He also says that he watches as the man pulls out of the parking lot and heads west on Abram Street. So he even sees which way the man went. And the amount of description that he had, y'all, so obviously this was before the Amber Alert was originated, but this is why it was originated. Because the, the amount, when he called the police, he said, black pickup truck, good condition. The man was in his 20s or 30s. He looked Hispanic or white. He had dark hair, medium build, under six foot tall. This is what the girl looked like. This is... Um, where I am, he turned west on Abram Street. Like that is the that's the information that you get in an Amber right. Alert. Yeah, it is. And and we'll talk we'll talk about this later. But 
you actually have to qualify. Like when you, um, there has to be a certain amount of information that you have in order to qualify to like be put out on an Amber Alert type thing. And um, yeah, so that is it. That's it. That's exactly the information that you get. Um, And obviously like more if you have it, like if you had a license plate number or something, you know? Right. But um, this just really shows you why we have that now. Because if, and this is also one of the reasons that you, you really look back and you're like, it was named after Amber and you can like, you can say Amber, even though unfortunately, like, as I said before, she doesn't end up coming home, but she is the reason that the Amber Alert is out there right now. And it has saved over a thousand lives. So did they not like have a way to spread that information at the time? Yes, that's exactly, that's exactly right. So even though, you know, Jimmy called this in, all they had was, you know, hey, to the few patrol cars in the area, this is what we got. If Imagine if they could take this information within minutes and have it on billboards. And right. there, there's no yeah. cell phones back then, obviously. This is 1996. But imagine if you could put it on, like, you know, streets um, that had, like, some kind of a sign or the radio like the in news, your car or the radio yeah yeah the radio in your car that I believe that's that's the first that's the first kind of broadcast they had is like you know we're gonna tune in interrupting every broadcast out there to say this girl was just taken this is what the car looks like if you see this call it in you know yeah but they didn't have that back then right so all they can say is hey this little girl was snatched exactly. um and all know, it- you're right just the police officers but I mean Nobody, yeah. nobody else, like, if they, if they sent out, hey, if you see, a, like, a shiny black pickup truck speeding away down the highway, like, call the police, maybe somebody would have. Exactly, exactly. And um, you'll, time is, I mean, obviously, with any case like this, time is of the essence, especially with this one, because, as I said before, 3.10 p.m., she left her grandmother's house. By the time she was gone and Jimmy Kevill called it in, it was 318. Eight Oh minutes. my gosh. Eight minutes it took for her to ride up, get into that parking lot, be taken. And Jimmy said, and Jimmy was like, this girl was just taken. It took eight minutes. And so, like I said, if they had a way to broadcast that and be like, immediately, you know, we need this information out there. But, but unfortunately, they didn't. And so all they could do was, you know, give it to... It just, it, it took too long, you know? Yeah. And yeah. obviously back then, we didn't have this kind of information, so. Right. I think to this day, they say, like, the first, you know, 24 hours after a, a kidnapping are the most crucial. And I'm, I'm pulling that completely from, like, Criminal Minds. So I, I don't think- know if <laughs> but- You know what's funny is I, um, I was thinking that. I was like, I know Criminal Minds had said that before. But I think it's true. I mean, the longer the person is gone, the less likely you are to find them. And so Especially in case- when it's a kid or... Yeah, stranger abduction compared to like family abduction, you know. Right. I think I think with Amber Alerts, a lot of times it is a suspected family abduction, and the only reason I think that is because um, they usually have the license plate number, which I don't think they would have if it was just like, you know, somebody randomly. I think it's usually maybe like a Mm -hmm. somebody that knows the child, which is also usually I think the case. And I'm once again completely have no source for this, but ninety one percent. It's not a straight, and ninety-one percent of the time, it is what you just said. Okay, yeah, like somebody that the kid knows, whether it's like maybe an estranged parent or like a nanny or yeah. you know 
whatever. I looked it up because I was honestly curious. Um, and 91% of the time, it is like either family or it's someone the kid knows or something so, like that. I know you said this is unsolved, but did they ever like have any sort of suspect for who took her? Like did, maybe it was somebody she knew? Although it doesn't sound like it. it sounds like she nope. was. This is one of those cases where they're they're still like today they continue to say you know it's not it's not cold we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do what we can but they have had well I'll talk about it a little bit later but they've had over 7,000 leads but it was it was never anything that could be so did they ever like did they find her body or they do they do and we will get to that I was wondering if that was a situation where it could be like she just doesn't remember doesn't know that she was ever somebody else but no she was murdered okay that would be that would be crazy well there's been stories like that i just saw something like that on twitter that like there have been stories of you know kids that got abducted when they were really young and they don't know they don't really remember and so they're raised by somebody or oh yeah i mean i've 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 seen a lot of stuff like that too i mean especially she's nine so i feel like I feel like she would have had memory. I don't. I don't really know. Yeah, I don't know. I think at nine, like, like that. But I, I feel like I can remember being nine. Like I would have known, yeah. you know. But kids that are younger, and then they'll go for like a DNA test later and be like, "Wait, my parents are, you know, not my yeah. parents or something along those lines." And obviously, that's really rare. But I think it does happen. I, I, I swear, I just saw something on Twitter about like a specific. I swear, Twitter is not my only news source, but you see all sorts of stuff on there. And I saw, like, a specific case of some girl that, like, recently found out she's not who she was led to believe and was reunited. But I, I cannot remember. I need to look that up because I'm really curious about that, actually. That I will, too. Interesting. I could totally be making that up. But I swear I saw it somewhere. <laughs> You're like, I swear she was. I, I swear, swear that was something like that. I'll look it up. I'll look it up. Because that, that would be a cool case to cover, too, if we could. I mean, that's why they do, like, those, um, they're not really on, like, milk cartons anymore. But they'll have those like um what's the word like they date the picture like they take a picture of a kid that got abducted and they'll they'll like edit the picture as to what yeah they would to, look to like, like 20 years later yeah like this is what this person might look like now mm-hmm. um which honestly yep. like as as great as that concept is I doubt that that's actually what the person looks like just because environment plays such a huge role in what you end up looking like yeah but, well they they did that kind of with Ariel Castro and the three like Amanda Berry and um the three other the, there was three people that he kidnapped and kept for like 10 years and like it's it kind of shows um like this is what she looked like when she was taken but this is what she probably looked like now you know what i mean yeah like if you see her like yeah yeah no but unfortunately i say unfortunately but it's 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 not like it's fortunate in any way what happens here but she does she does she is she is killed um right. so when ricky returned home obviously at that point, the police had been called because it was so quick, as I said. And the family and everyone kind of grouped together at the Winn-Dixie parking lot. And they were, like, figuring out what happened. Now, the majority of missing children reported missing in the U.S. are found safe. But, oh. big but here. Oh. The Arlington police, when they arrived on the scene, realized right away, after finding the bicycle just kind of, you know, lying there. In right. All of this, and from the description that they got from Jimmy, and, and examining the scene and everything, that this was not just some young girl who got lost, wandered the wrong way, 
And so, it, and well, I also have a, an eyewitness telling you that somebody snatched her up. Exactly. So. But even, even that, like the, the idea of like a girl getting lost, maybe her father was supposed to pick her up and she didn't want to go. Like there, there's reasons that I'm sure the police went straight to like, ah, you know, all right, I'm sure we'll find her. But they, from what I read, they all were talking about, there was those specific people that they got there and they were like, you know, we realized right away that this was not just some, you know, young girl that we were probably going to find because maybe misunderstanding she got lost or some something like that. Yeah, like something clearly, like, violent and exactly. terrible happened here. Yeah. Exactly. Especially, like, the eerie image of seeing, like, her little pink and white bicycle just, like, on the ground. Yeah, and they see this little bike and they're like, okay, no, this girl did not, yeah. you know, go with her friend. She exactly. Got so... One of the people that was saying how they were like, you know, this is not, this is not good, was Sergeant Ben Lopez, who was one of the patrol cars that you know they had they had dispatched the information to. And as he he said, as he pulled up to the Winn Dixie parking lot, that his heart just immediately sank because he knew right away that it was not like any usual missing children case that he had seen. And he he was like, I know this was a strange. I knew it was a stranger abduction. Ugh. Yeah. And interesting little percentage here, but less than 1% of missing kids are abducted by strangers. And that is the most dangerous abduction. Yeah, because it's like who, like you don't even have a lead. Like, exactly. like with, with, I feel like when a kid goes missing, the first thing they probably, I mean, I'm not, I don't work in law enforcement, but I'm assuming what they probably look at first is like, okay, parents, relatives, babysitters, like anybody who has a connection to this child that would maybe for some reason want to take them. Exactly. But like, a stranger, like, you have no idea where to look. And I think that's why it's so panicking for parents, too. Like, I know mom always talks about when we were little, she practically had, like, not leashes on us, but she was like, you will not go anywhere in a crowd because if, if yeah. somebody takes you, I have no idea, like, where to even start. And then Exactly. Time, you know, like. A hundred percent. And and it's, it's kind of exactly what you said, which was, like, it's just there's no rhyme or reason that, that it's you, you know, other than just, like, I see someone that I want. You know, and right. that's terrifying. So, the when Sergeant Ben Lopez got there, he said there were media cars everywhere on the scene, and I I know there's a statistic for like abductions, like like for like stranger abductions of children and and finding them alive. I don't remember what the statistic is, but I do know that it was like it's a very low percentage right now amber's mom donna williams and her father richard hagerman along with others held a vigil um in the few nights following her disappearance um in in the winn dixie parking lot where she was taken where they begged whoever took her to let her go and bring her home um unfortunately though in the next few nights no more information was was able to come up come about what is the wording here i can use they didn't get any more information um and the police were across the street from the winn dixie parking lot there's a laundromat and it's a popular laundromat because it's used by like the people that live behind the winn dixie which you know that that neighborhood right that neighborhood exactly and the police they were like i'm i am positive that somebody from that laundromat had to see something had to have seen anything because it happened like 
it literally happened like right in front of them. Like the windows are facing this parking lot, you know? And so the police yeah. were really hoping that someone was going to come forward and say that they saw that, that they saw something in the, in the next few days. But unfortunately nobody did. However, the investigators and, and every source that I've read, they say, no, we're convinced people saw it happen, but they're just too scared to come forward because somebody had to see something. This happened at three, like, yeah, between, like, middle of the afternoon exactly mid-afternoon it's bright outside this girl is kicking and screaming like you're telling me that you didn't see anything you know yeah um side note i'm looking up pictures of her right now she was the cutest i know like not that it's not heartbreaking but it's like when you have a visual i know and um so just in, in case anyone is interested there actually is a documentary out there i believe it's called amber and um there's a specific reason, I can't remember it exactly right now, but her, Amber and her mother were a part of something before Amber disappeared where they were filming her life a bit. And so they ended up kind of filming even when she disappeared. They eventually got at, they asked and she allowed them to kind of film some of the things that she was doing after. And so there is a documentary where there is footage of, you know, Amber just riding her bike around and just, it really tells her story and it really tells it tells it well. Oh, was it just like her mom taking home videos or were they like? It was, so from what I read, it was something like they were doing some kind of story on them before oh, it happened. Why? I, I looked it up. I don't remember completely, but I'll look it up. I'll see if I can find it again before, before we end this episode because it was interesting. Um, anywho, so, in the next few days following her disappearance, more than 50 police officers and the FBI were searching high and low for nine-year-old Amber. Um, they searched, they attempted to search, you know, everywhere near what happened, far away too, because they had no idea how far she had gone or how far this man had taken her or anything, you know. Um, but four days after she went missing, everyone's hearts broke when they found Amber's body. Well, a man walking his dog found Amber's body near a drainage culvert in a creek bed behind the Forest Hollow apartment complex. Oh my God. Yeah. She was four miles away from home. So I was going to say, was that close to where she was? Yeah. Four miles away from home. Not, not, not far at all. They found her her body nude except for one sock on her left foot. She also had several lacerations on her throat, most likely caused by a screwdriver or a knife, according to oh former police detective Randy Lockhart. Yeah. So she was taken from this world horribly. And it's 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 just really, really tragic. That just doesn't make I mean, no like murder makes any sense. But sometimes you can identify, like, a motive. Like, oh, this crazy man killed this girl because yep. she rejected him. Like, that, there's no motive for this. Like, it doesn't even sound like they knew each other. Exactly. And and that's why this is one of those cases where um, it just, like, people said, like, this one just stuck with me. Because what is the absolute, like, anger and rage that this person showed? Just this, so, like, you know what I mean? Random. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Now, the police did not believe that she was dumped here or, or killed in there at, at the drainage culvert in the creek bed. She, they did not believe that 
anything happened at that spot because maintenance workers had been working at the apartment complex, which was right next to the creek, and they had been around there merely hours before Amber's body was found, and she wasn't there. So between when the, when the workers were there and then when they found her a few hours later, there was a really large rainstorm that raised the creek a lot, and the waters, you know, the water became, like, rapid because it was just, like... Okay, yeah, so maybe she came from farther so, up. Though. Yeah, they believe that, like, her body was washed to that point, and unfortunately, that would also wash any trace evidence. Any evidence, yeah. Yeah, away from her body. So they didn't find anything on her, you know? And they, they really, they were like, we're starting from scratch. We have no idea what to do, what to look for. So um, just a side note, I did just look this up because I was curious. Yeah. Um, apparently in the months leading up to this, her and her family were being filmed. Um, they were making a documentary about women transitioning off welfare. Cause I guess her, so the, okay, yes, it wasn't really was. Amber. It was her mom that was being part of this documentary, but mm-hmm. obviously like Amber and Ricky were in it in, in the videos and stuff. Yeah. But that's why they had the footage. That's why. Yeah, that was bothering me. I'm like, wait, why? But um, I knew it was something yeah. like where they agreed to like be filmed, but I wasn't sure what it was. Okay. So cool. Thank you for doing that. Because I yeah, was no like, problem. I don't know if I'm going to remember to look this up. It was bugging me. I'm like, what do you mean? Was she a star? She was a star. Well, Amber is a star, a star. She has saved thousands of, well, over a thousand lives because of her story here. But Anywho, detectives, though, even though they didn't have any evidence on her body, they did, they were able to gauge from her estimate, is it gauge? Yeah. Yeah. They were able to gauge from her estimated um, time of death that she'd been kept alive for the first two days. Oh, wow. Yeah. So for the first two days. Now, this further leads detectives and investigators to basically be like, somebody saw something. Whether, and, right. and, and I'm not, I'm not you know sitting here being like i can't believe someone didn't come forward because it's, i'm not saying like yeah somebody saw something and they're just keeping it to themselves but what if they saw something and they didn't know what right. they saw was what they saw you know yeah because like if, they, maybe they saw this man somewhere but they wouldn't think it was anything was wrong unless they knew that they were looking for a man by that description exactly exactly and so this is why this case is just like describes everything that the amber alert is able to do you know what i mean that's what this can help with you know because of the amount of the amount of times that they were like even if you didn't realize this is what it was imagine if you had imagine if you knew that she was missing and you knew what the guy looked like you know what i mean right maybe then when you saw them you know walking at the at the gas station you would know you know what i mean right but this I mean, did happen too like i think i just saw no, maybe it was a TV show. I was going to say a story, but I think it was a TV show where some little girl, like, was with some guy in a gas station, and the gas station, um, like, employee was like, wait, that girl looks just like... I think it was a TV show. But, I mean, the whole point is the same. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but like I said, this this really led people to believe, well, detectives and stuff, to believe somebody saw something. Now, no one has been arrested. As I said, this was an unsolved crime. No one has been arrested for her kidnapping or murder in the 26, I believe it's 26, 27 years now. I honestly don't remember. Um, I I feel like it's 27. 27 years since. Um, However. Yeah, I think it's 27. 2023. 
27. Yeah. So no one has been arrested um, for her kidnapping and murder in the 27 years since this happened. However, detectives say that every year around the anniversary, they get more calls with tips about the case. And there have been, I said this before, there have been around 7,000 leads that the Arlington detectives investigated since the tragedy in 1996, but none of them stuck. And it was never anything that like led them very far. Now, 25 years later, on the anniversary of the crime, which was 2021, Arlington police and Amber's mother and more family held a news conference in hope that maybe getting the word out again could help solve the case at the 25-year you know, mark. Um, they were like, let's, let's try something. And Arlington Assistant Police Chief Kevin Colby said, quote, our hope is that someone in the community saw something. Maybe they didn't come forward 25 years ago out of fear or not wanting to get involved. Whatever reason, we need folks to search their minds and bring forward anything that may be of value to our investigation, unquote. Now, this is 25 years later. This remains like this remains an open case there. This does not. I, the police have said it multiple times. The Arlington police has said multiple times in every source I've read. This is not a cold case, even though it's been this many this long. We are still continuing to get tips sometimes like we have not closed this. So Amber's mother pleads to the person responsible at this news conference to please turn themselves in. Police asked for the public's help and um, even offered a $10,000 reward for information leading to an arrest and established a specific tip line um, for anyone that may have information or tips about this because they do get a lot of calls about that. They even, at the 25-year news conference that they had, um, they even released photos taken um, after her body was found in the creek, hoping someone will remember something and come forward. And they, they didn't release those photos before because they thought if somebody can give us information that hasn't like in that's in the photos that hasn't been released, that's that's an that's a suspect, you know. Right. Like, yeah. Like someone was like, oh well, she was found on her back, and it's like, how would you know that? Right. You know what I mean. But after 25 years, they were like, maybe these photos will actually help somebody remember something. So they. They released them. Um, And police are hoping that advancements in technology will help them solve the case and will be submitting the small. So they actually they they ended up finding a small sample of DNA um, at the crime scene. However, the DNA is it's not enough to test it for anything. And so police are like, we've kept it, though, because maybe in case one day we're able to test something that is that small and uh, you know what I mean? Just, just any advancements in technology where they could keep, they could. I mean, you never know. Like they, there's constantly stuff about like exactly these like cold ish cases that are like the thing in the, the Long Island killer in New York. Yeah, like, exactly. That guy literally just got caught like this year and he hasn't even killed anybody in. Well, actually, you know what? I take that back. I'm not sure, but I know that his main like crimes were committed in the 90s but they exactly. didn't have the, the but DNA now we had the we had the technology now you know yeah so yeah the police are like we're hoping that something comes up later and we can use this dna and you know get them i know they were they were talking about that with john bonnet too i think um one of her family members recently was asking like hey can we test this and i think test like some piece of her clothing or test something for dna i don't remember specifically yep. but They've spoken up, like, if there's any way that they think they could get answers 
they're like, yeah, do it. Like if there's new technology that could help us do it. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And, um, this was all said in 2021. So this is still, this is still very much alive and this evidence is still very much there, the DNA evidence. So, you know, obviously it still is unsolved. Maybe one day they'll get justice. So going back a bit to right after the tragedy, um, in the months following Amber's disappearance, obviously her family was devastated and it was a very, very hard, you know, next couple months and you know, a very, very hard next couple everything, but never especially, especially fresh after. Um, I think it's important that we kind of talk about um, kind of what her mother went through a little bit because this really shows how much her mom wanted to tell everyone be careful because this stuff happens and it can happen quickly and I wish there was a way to help solve this or help that, that we could have solved this so about a month after Amber passed Donna which is Amber's mom actually went into Amber's school in Arlington Texas for a dedication to a new playground that they were making in Amber's name which is very sweet I love that yeah. And also to kind of help the children, under- her classmates, understand what happened and why it's so important to stay safe outside, um, which I, th- I, lo- I think that's amazing. And I think that this was only about a month after her daughter passed. And I think it's beautiful that she was like, I'm devastated, but I'm going to go help these kids and make sure that they stay safe, too, so this doesn't happen to anyone else. You yeah. Yeah. When Donna got there and she was standing in front of the class, she saw Amber's empty desk and this little Amber museum that the class oh. had made with hearts and ribbons and like a big class photo. And it that just like, it, it, that one kind of like makes my- That like makes me sick. I know it makes me sick, but like in, in a good way too, because I'm like, she's seeing like how much these kids loved her and oh, I, yeah. I love that I mean, the desk was very heartwarming but the fact that there's an empty desk and- I know I know it's so sad um and I think that this is really sweet what what I'm about to say um Donna was there to comfort the children but when she saw when the kids saw how devastated she was like because she started crying after she saw you know the desk and that and the beautiful little um amber museum and the kids all started comforting her and they all started saying things like I loved playing with her she was so pretty she was so kind Um, and I just I this is all um I got this information out of the the documentary by the way and because this is filmed and I I was just like this is I love this this is so adorable I love that the kids are like it's okay you know we loved her. She was beautiful. She was so kind. I just think that's so sweet. You know, kids can be so out of pocket, but sometimes they know. do know exactly how to make you feel better. Yes, I know. Especially I mean, I just the fact that, that feel better. But... Yeah. And especially the fact that Donna was hearing these amazing compliments of her daughter, you know. Right. Um, now, Donna, after, you know, they were comforting her and she felt better, she encouraged the kids to ask questions that they've been wondering. She was like, go ahead, ask me questions about what happened, you know, because I want you guys to understand a little more. Obviously, they're kids, so she's not going to be telling them a lot of details, but just kind of like help them understand how to stay safe and why they need to stay safe, you know. And so one of the kids asked, quote, what time did she leave on her bike? And Donna answered at 310. 
at Saturday afternoon. She was abducted at 318. It just took eight minutes. So you guys need to stay close to home. That's chilling. I know that uh, that's exactly the way I thought about it too. I was like, that's chilling because it's basically her being like, guys, this can happen so quickly and there's nothing we can do. You know what I mean? Your mom says, stay with me. You don't say, oh, this will only take a second. Exactly. Because it only takes a second to get literally kidnapped. Exactly. And um, it just, it got me a little bit because you realize, you realize like how much would be different in this scenario had they had something like the Amber Alert to get information out there. But she was like, this can happen so quickly. And we, that was it, you know? Yeah. And I I honestly, that's really inspiring by the mom to take something so tragic and then be like, you know what, though, I'm going to make sure this doesn't happen to anybody else's kid. I know. And I I loved that. When I read that, I was like, this is beautiful. This is a beautiful story. Um, A lot of people, I think, would just be like, I mean, I would probably just be like, I don't know. I would leave it out and couple to a ball and just be like, leave me alone. Oh, 100%. And this was about a month after the disappearance. Now, going, moving forward a little bit to like a few months later, um, as Amber's family mourned their loss, there was a Texas mother named Diane Simone. And she had an idea because she was, she had been watching the news and she learned about Amber's abduction. And, and this was, this was before or oh, sorry, she learned about Amber's abduction and obviously like Amber's murder and everything. And she was devastated. And she was saying how all she wanted to do was just like, she's like, I wish that there was a way that people could have helped. You know what I mean? I just wish that people that I, that I could help and I could, I, I want to give them information, but like, I don't know anything, you know? And mm-hmm. she said that, so on the news, when they were talking about Amber on the news, they used um, kind of images or videos of her opening Christmas presents and taking her new bicycle for a spin and waiting and smiling at the camera. Um, And so Diane was like, this is heartbreaking and I wish I could do something to help in the future. She wanted to search for Amber, but she didn't know what to look for. So this was, she originally thought of this before she was found murdered. But after she was found murdered, Diane was like, I'm still thinking about how can I figure something out to where this could have been like helped. This could have been, um, what is the word I'm looking for right now? Like, um, could have not happened. This could have been prevented, prevented. Yes, exactly. Thank you. She was like, how could this have been prevented? So, She felt helpless about the fact that nobody could help and frustrated. And so she called a local radio station one day and she was like, I have a bit of an idea. What if we created a national alert for missing children? She said, quote, I can't get over this child. There has to be something we can do. And if Americans already received alerts for weather and civil defense events, why wouldn't they do it for this? Unquote. And that's a great point. Like, they had alerts for, like, weather, you know, like, hurricane alert. Right. um, Civil defense events and stuff like that. So she was like, why wouldn't it be, like, child missing help? You know what I mean? Um, Because she was like, something of this great importance should be broadcasted 
to everyone nearby. In a later interview, she actually talks about her thought process at the time of Amber's murder, saying, quote, they were saying Amber was taken at four o'clock in the afternoon, which is untrue, by the way. It was, she was taken at 318, but whatever, Um, because this was years later. She just got it mixed up. (laughs) Thrown in a pickup truck and driven somewhere and that nobody saw anything. I'm sorry, but that's not possible. It's not that people didn't see anything. It's that they didn't know what they were seeing. Yeah. And that right there is exactly it. They, it's not that people didn't see anything. It's that they didn't know what they were seeing. I mean, how many times too are like you in a store and you'll see like a mom and her kid and the it's like a toddler or something and the toddler's crying hysterically. Exactly. And you don't think anything of it because you're like, oh, it's you know. It's but if you kid. do like a kid, not you know that I'm saying it's sketchy if a toddler is crying like they cry, but but I don't know if you knew like somebody matched the description, it's at least worth taking a second look. Exactly. Exactly. And so that's kind of what she wanted to do. And with that idea that she originally called the um, the local radio station with, that is how the Amber Alert was born. It was born to help find missing children, but also to help others know what they are seeing and looking for. And being like, okay, here I am driving, or here I am in my home, and it says, you know, a couple miles away, a girl was taken, she's wearing this, or a boy was taken, he's wearing this. This is what the the driver, this is the car the driver has. This is what the, the driver looks like. This is where they went. You know what I mean? And being Even like- reason, Yeah, like the description of the car and that, because I looked it up and it said, they were pretty sure that guy was a local. So even if that, like, nobody saw anything, maybe you know somebody who matches that. That looks like them, yes. Right, and you don't necessarily want to be like, oh, I think my neighbor Fred is a murderer, but- you know, maybe you, so you start thinking about, well, wait, where was Fred this afternoon? And, you know, exactly. like, I, you know, and there's been cases that have been solved like that. That, um, well, oh, yeah, 100%. That somebody's like, hey, like, like, I don't, I don't want to accuse my neighbor of anything, but, well, they do Ted have Bundy. Some, yeah, Ted Bundy. I was because thinking, remember her, his, his girlfriend was like, I don't want to be like, I don't think it's him, but why does this, why does this, picture look like my my boyfriend right like why does this all add up and yeah. um, I was thinking too of shoot the um Watts Chris Watts the one that murdered yep. his kids like I'm pretty sure his neighbors um they have it on the camera because the police were wearing yep. body cams the neighbors were like look we're not trying to you know I, I I can't even imagine that it'd be him but he did do but some it's a little weird stuff this morning yeah yep I remember that it says it in the very beginning it's the guy he says yeah, I I don't know. I don't think it's him, but he did drive his truck out in the middle of the night. Right, and, like, backing up to the garage, and it was just, like, not something he normally does, so, like, maybe just look into it. and Exactly. You know? Exactly. And kind of going along with, you know, people need just need to know what they're looking for. Somebody definitely saw Amber in that truck, but they just didn't believe that that was a kidnapping happening. Somebody saw this happened but they didn't know that was a problem they probably just you know assumed it was a little girl with exactly her dad or her brother or whatever yes but imagine if they had seen a broadcast or heard a broadcasted alert describing amber and the truck and the man and then they saw this maybe they would have said something then you know right now diane simone's only request after the idea started to take real form and they were like okay this is something we're going to roll with having this broadcasted whenever it you know it 
is necessary. The only request that she had after she, you know, originally was like, this is my idea, roll with it, was that the resulting program bear Amber's name. Oh, I know. She had originally been like, oh, we could call it Amber's plan. Um, that stuck for a little bit. Obviously, it turned into the Amber Alert. Now, broadcasters in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, because that's where Damone, that, Damone, that's where Diane Simone was from, was the Dallas-Fort Worth area. That is the first place that the Amber Alert ever took place, oh. was okay, the Dallas-Fort right Worth. Yeah, I know, right? Um, so what broadcasters is- in the Dallas-Fort Worth area partnered with law enforcement to alert people about abducted children. And at first, at first, it was literally just this area because this is where it had been, you know, um, made. The play- right. This was where the- she was like, I think we should do this. So, there- so the-, the law enforcement of that, that area was like, okay, yeah, we'll do this. And it didn't expand for a little bit at first because it yeah. was just a small like, idea. Right away. Exactly. And so they, they had originally just partnered with like broadcasters, like, you know, the radio and yeah. local stuff like that, where, where they could be like, they could call in, say, interrupt anything you're doing. This is what's happening. So that's what happened at first. But before long, obviously, they changed the name from Amber's plan to Amber Alert, which is what we know as America's Missing Broadcast Emergency Response, Amber. And at the direction of law, so how, kind of how it how it works is the direction of law enforcement alerts the the yeah sorry at the direction of law enforcement the alerts are first sent to radio and television stations the lottery then the department of transportation and finally to the national center for missing and exploited children and then they send it to a much wider audience so in case you're wondering it is a there's it's not just like I guess I always kind of pictured like the police being like, let me just put this in the system and bam, enter. Yeah, send out a text to everybody. Exactly. No, it's they. It goes from the law, the local law enforcement, to um, radio and television stations. And obviously, it's a little bit different now because back then it, they didn't have cell phones. They didn't have that stuff. So it really was right. just like radio and television stations and all that stuff. Even even billboards came up later and right. real- the billboards are like i'm sure the electronic billboards weren't until later exactly exactly um so according to the amber alert website because that's a thing and i looked it up um the broadcast has actually saved over a thousand lives since the launch in 1996 and i'm going to give you guys a little timeline of the amber alert through the years because i thought it was really interesting so in 1998 there was an infant abducted by her babysitter, and this became the first child to be saved by the Amber Alert system. So it actually took a few years oh. to really take into effect and really actually have an impact. But because, you know, 1996, so about two years. And I would just like to say that that's a beautiful year because I was born that year. <laughs> and and um, But I think that's cool that that was the first save of the Amber Alert. And it was an infant abducted by her babysitter. Now, in 2002, highway road signs were now used for the first time in an Amber Alert, and that led to the rescue of two abducted teenage girls. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So in 2002, were the first, it was the first time that there was highway road signs where they were like, you know, you're driving and you see that, that road sign and it's like a 2002 Honda Civic, um, you know, and I've seen it before. I don't know if you have, but I've seen them before. Yeah. I, a lot yeah. of times I don't see the Amber Alerts. I'll see like the... Um... Because they have other ones, too, now. They have, like, the Silver Alert, which is, like, somebody with dementia, I believe. Um, yeah, that's too many. That's too many alerts for me to know. I know. But, I mean, I think 
the main one, I believe, is still the, the Emperor. Yeah. yeah, it is, I think. Um, in 2003, the Protect Act officially established national criteria and a national Amber Alert coordinator in the Department of Justice. So basically, in 2003, it became like an actual thing. Now there was an Amber Alert coordinator in the Department of Justice. This was now playing with the big leagues. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. An Amber Alert is now an official like like nationally recognized yes yes thank you um in 2005 hawaii became the 50th state the 50th and final state in the united states to establish their amber alert plan um creating a network of plans so now it's nationwide now all 50 states used it in 2005 Wow. So in 2009 the amber alert was adopted and established in the u.s virgin islands puerto rico Mexico and Canada, creating a cooperation between all three countries to help find missing children. Yay. Um, in 2013, Amber Alert started being distributed but to cell phones via wireless emergency alerts from FEMA. So it took until 2013 for it to actually be distributed to cell phones. And in 2020, the thousandth child was rescued in a result of the Amber Alert. Oh, wow. Yes. So that is as far as the timeline went, um, but I think that's really, really cool that in 2020 it was the yeah, like a thousand children, like the Amber Alert directly led to their rescue. Exactly, exactly. Um, now, Amber Alerts, obviously, they're meant to help you find missing children, and they're meant to, like, give you information that will help you. But if you didn't think about it, they also actually serve as deterrents to those who want to kidnap or harm children because there have been cases that have shown that some perpetrators released the abducted child after hearing the amber alert because they were like crap they know my car <laughs> like right they have my number exactly so it actually also kind of scares some of these monsters away right. and it's like it's like okay maybe i don't want to kidnap a kid because um the Amber Alert is going to basically have all of my information. So I think that's pretty interesting, too. Um, and each, so let's go over a little bit of how Amber Alerts work, like deep down into the, the system, you know, getting, getting down and dirty. In each state, Amber Alerts can be issued only by regional or state coordinators. So it's not, um, it's not like they hit the button in Texas and then I get it here where I am. You know what I mean? It is, it is state, it's state, it's regional oriented, state right. oriented. People to get overwhelmed and then they'll just start ignoring all of them. Exactly. So it's usually within a state police force following the guidance from the U.S. Department of Justice and individual state laws when local police request them. So most guidelines allow alerts for endangered abducted children, 17 or younger, only when there is enough information to help the public find the child that rules out missing children considered as runaways which is a lot of missing child cases um unless there is a clear danger to the child some states will not issue alerts for abduction stemming from child custody disputes either which is another big cause of abduction so that's a lot of criteria that you need in order to qualify for an amber alert yeah, which I think it's important to note, too, like, they do send out, like, these kids will be, like, on the news or, like... Oh, yeah, I'm not, no one, 
a specific no, alert is like if if a child's been abducted and is an immediate danger of being like murdered or yeah also a lot of them do have something to do with like maybe they're put like in a vehicle or something you know what i mean right um, because that's something like telling people the vehicle number the license plate number and the vehicle description could feasibly let somebody find them like exactly yeah so it makes sense i mean if they did every every uh situation then it would also be overwhelming and nobody would pay any attention to them exactly exactly so that's that's why and it's not it's not a bad thing by any means i'm just kind of letting y'all know that it's not just you know anything there's specific criteria for it now oh yeah as the the guidelines are the law enforcement agency believes the child is an imminent danger of serious injury or death exactly exactly um once law enforcement determines if a case meets certain criteria, authorities notify, authorities notify all broadcasters and state transportation agencies, and alerts will er- interrupt any kind of programming currently airing and appear on statewide transportation signs, show up on digital billboards, and now they arrive as texts, as we know, and they even arrive in, on Facebook, too. Like, literally, just sometimes it's just on Facebook, like on your feed. It'll just pop up. Oh, um, I know. Interesting, right? Um, I actually think it would be really smart for them to do all kinds of social media because do you know how many people are scrolling on TikTok and Instagram? Right. All the time. Exactly. Exactly. Now, the Amber Alert program has come a long way since the first plan was created in 1996, as we know. Um, Donna Williams, Amber Hagerman's mother, said that the alert system named in memory of her daughter is bittersweet. In an interview in 2016, 20 years after Amber's murder, she said, quote, There's another part of me that wonders what would have happened if we would have had the alert when Amber went missing. Could it have helped bring her back to me? Unquote. I thought that was really sad because she was like, I'm happy that she saved so many lives, but like, it's sad to know that. Like, why did this find him that? Exactly. Yeah. Now, detective. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just gonna say, I would feel the same way. I mean, yeah, that's. It's sad. It's bittersweet. Exactly. You know, Um, detectives may not be able to bring Amber Hagerman back to her family, but they are still determined to find justice for the murdered nine-year-old. And Arlington police Sergeant Grant Gilden told people uh, that Amber's case is very, is still very much active. And quote, we continue to have leads. A lot of people will refer to Amber's case as what's commonly referred to as a cold case. But for Arlington Police Department, it has never been listed as a cold case because we've never gone 180 days without having some lead come in. I said it before and I'll say it again. Police are convinced that someone knows something about Amber Hagerman's kidnapping. I I, I hope that they find this guy someday. I know, I know, because they, the police truly believe that that's, that somebody saw something and maybe they're just scared that it's too late now, but it's not too late. And I've, they're the police, I've read this in every single article I've read, they're insistent that's not too late if people saw something. And hopefully police can finally solve Amber Hagerman's kidnapping and bring justice to the nine-year-old and her family whose death saved hundreds well, now over a thousand of other children by creating the life-saving idea of the Amber Alert. And I'm going to end on a bittersweet note because I thought this was like really sad, but also kind of kills you inside. Amber was in the Girl Scouts and at the Girl Scout ceremony they had for her, the children sang her favorite song, which was America the Beautiful. And her 
her favorite line, which was Amber Waves of Grain. I'm going to cry. I know. Um, also. I'm, well, I'm not. Like, I will always think that if I hear that song. I know. It's so sad. But, like, it's, it's, it's like, it's, it's beautiful and sad, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm going to. That I'm going to also end on another note saying that I have said it so many times in this episode, guys. The police are still searching for information. They still want you guys to give them tips or anything. And if anyone in here, who knows, has information or thinks they do from the, the crime on January 13th, 1996, please call the Arlington the, the Arlington, Texas police at 817-575-8823. That's their tip line that they give. And if anyone wants to remain anonymous, call Crime Stoppers of Tarrant County at 817-469-8477. That is the most recent tip lines that I was able to gather from this. So letting y'all know. I'm going to be like on the lookout. Like I just looked this up and I only live a couple hours from there. Mm-hmm. I'm going to adopt this as my personal... This is my new personal call of this case. Anywho, y'all. So this was the first episode um, with Lindsay. And I hope y'all liked it because this is fun. Um, I'm sure eventually you guys will hear her do a case too. Yeah, I would love to. I need to start doing some research. Yeah. But anyway, y'all. I hope y'all liked it. I'm gonna we're gonna keep this end really short because the beginning we, we talked so long in the beginning, but it was this is it's funny, y'all. And if y'all skipped, if y'all are here listening to this and you guys were like, well, I skipped ahead in the intro, you should go back because it's really funny. <laughs> we think so. Anyway, I guess there's really no specific way to say bye. So bye. Bye.